always, welcome back to all of you. We keep speaking over and over, because we must, of our ability to change our lives by changing our minds. The outer world in every aspect is always only a mirror of our inner landscape, of our attitude, of those things that are our most foundational conditioned and programmed ideas. So, we ought to take a look at the property of mirrors that we're familiar with in our houses, in our bedrooms, in our bathrooms, and apply those same characteristics to our world. We're so used to thinking of our world as an independent entity that goes about its business having nothing to do with us and certainly nothing to do with our thinking. Well, as long as we actually believe in that disconnect between what I'm thinking and believing and paying attention to and what's going on in my world, I'm going to be forever lost and misguided. So I've got to start to wrap my head around the idea that the outer world is exactly as much an effect as the image in the mirror when you take a look at it. And only then will the teachings that have come down through the ages actually make any sense to us. Because if the world is an independent, objective place, the idea that one tiny little person versus a great big giant world running amok and doing whatever it wants to do can have any influence is simply an absurd and preposterous task. But since we don't have the situation set up properly, we're pretty lost. So our intention is to keep trying to get things in the right perspective. And as always, the perspective we want to look at is we're the ones in charge because our attitudes and ideas and beliefs inform and create everything that happens in our outside world. Now, when you look in a mirror, as you approach it, does it ever occur to you to wonder what's going to show up in the mirror? Nobody. You're perfectly confident that when you stand in front of the mirror, it will be you. And it will be you in real time with whatever you have on. It won't be you in yesterday's clothes. It won't be you in tomorrow's clothes. Mirrors don't save images. Our world does not save images. The world is newly recreated every second based on attitude. Okay, here's another thing that you probably never try to do. If you don't like what shows up in the mirror, if you don't like that red shirt, do you threaten the mirror? Do you entreat, please, red shirt, go away? Do you try to somehow, <laughs> it's just so absurd, do you somehow try to gain its approval and, and negotiate it away? Pray. Have you ever prayed that the image in the mirror would be different from what it is? Have you ever used willpower? Have you ever stood there with clenched fists and said, I absolutely will, and I'm going to do my affirmations that this red shirt go away? Nothing. It just sits there and looks back at us. You might even try cleaning the surface of the mirror, all to no avail. It's all going to be exactly what I've got on. So my world is always going to show up, always according to my attitude. 
Okay, here's another thing about mirrors. As you move toward your mirror and stand in front of it, how much effort or doingness on your part is required for that image to show up? Exactly none. It never occurs to you when you approach a mirror that you're going to have to do some negotiating to get this image to show up. I don't know why I find this so amusing, but I do. I guess it's just the kind of day it is. In any event, also, a last thing that I want to remind you of is that when you approach a mirror, your body doesn't show up gradually. It's not like a foot appears and then your right hand and then the top of your head. Your whole image appears at once. Our world just appears at once as a whole. So what the world is telling us is what we actually believe, not what we intellectually believe, because we can say, I absolutely know I'm a deserving person, and yet everything about your life looks like you don't deserve much of anything. So it tells you that although you might affirm and you might have an intellectual idea that, yes, I absolutely deserve a great life, somewhere you don't believe it at that most fundamental level, or your life wouldn't be showing up the way it is. So your life is a diagnostic device, so to speak. It's always showing you exactly what you believe and think. And of course, we want to change that prevailing foundational thinking where it's limited or fear-driven to something that's more expansive and loving. And just as I can count on a mirror faithfully reflecting back to me what I have on, my world just as faithfully, 100% is going to reflect back to me my general attitude. So attitude is a word that covers all those things that I believe and pray for and think about and pay attention to. Now here is what we have believed up to this point. We would think if I could only get my way, then I could have a good attitude. Well, that never works. I've got to have my good attitude first. Just like nobody expects the person in the mirror, the image in the mirror, to change the red shirt first. We're very clear we have to do that. So if we do not have a good attitude at this point, it's our job to cultivate it. So what I'd like to do now is tell you about my adorable little granddaughter who has been here along with the rest of her family. Her father is my younger son, and this past weekend, my older son was married, so all the family collected for this marvelous occasion. After the wedding on Sunday, we were all out in the backyard with watching the little kids. A dear friend of mine was here, and she asked my five-year-old granddaughter about her school experience. And she so enthusiastically told us all about it that right before she left yesterday, I asked her to come in and let me record a couple of things that she had to say about her school. Now, she was a little more subdued in front of my microphone than she was outside. So if you could imagine what she's saying now in my computer, ratcheted up a few notches, you can join us at the swimming pool. Here she is, my wise little five-year-old teacher in kindergarten. Avery, do you remember when we were at the swimming pool a couple of days ago? Yeah. And, and Aunt Julie 
ask you about school, and you said you loved school. Remember that? Yeah. Or you said you loved it so much you'd like to move there. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. And then she said, "What is it that you love so much about school that would make you want to move into your classroom?" Can you remind me of what some of those things were? Um, because they have lots of fun art and lots of toys that I like, and lots of bells. Didn't you also say there were lots of books? There's lots of fun books to read. And tell me some more. You had lots of things on your list. There was lots of bells that I got to play, and um. Computers that have videos. I like arts and crayons, and because I make really pretty projects. You make pretty projects. Okay, tell me, like you're really excited to tell everybody about them. And lots of fun math and writing. Lots of fun math and writing, and you also said you like to draw, and they had wonderful paper. Mhm.、Mm、It was really big, and I really like the big paper, so I can draw lots of stuff about nature. Okay. Well, thank you ever so much, my dear. Hey, anything else you want to tell us? No. Okay. So, as you can see, she has already got the good attitude down pat, and knowing how important it is. Of course, I will do everything I possibly can to help her maintain that idea that, of course, school is richly rewarding. Not because of the events and circumstances themselves, but because of the eyes and ears out of which she is experiencing and seeing. These little ones have so much to teach us. So I'm all ears and all eyes, and I'll be paying close attention to her, and I hope you do too. Bye. <music>